Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Matt Canada's got a lot of new toys, but he doesn't have a whole lot of wiggle room if he messes up again. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. The offense will have a very different look personnel-wise this coming season. I don't know how different it'll look X's and O's-wise. I do know that it needs to look a lot more fluid. It needs to have, for the first time since this man became offensive coordinator, an identity, or at least the pretense to an identity. But what is that? What could that be? And I get that at least some of that depends on whether Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky is going to be the quarterback, but not that much. They have kind of a similar skill set. They can both move a little bit. They can roll out. They can run when they have to. They can throw downfield. They can throw intermediate balls. They can find guys underneath. And because either of them can do that, rolling to his right or even to his left, you've got what should be the ingredients for the right quarterback in the Canada offense. Funny thing, you know why I say that in part, and I know it should never be condensed to something this simple, but do you happen to remember in the 2021 season on those very rare Occasions, and I'm talking about once every two games when Ben Roethlisberger would roll out to his right. Do you remember the success rate of that particular play? It was, it wasn't quite a hundred percent, but it was really, really high. They always found something over there, and I could see, if I'm being really generous here, a scenario in which Canada would have felt frustrated because. The system upon which he has coached for a lot of years, mostly at the college level, would, in that instance, if not, had a chance to get off the ground. Never mind that the coordinator is supposed to be adjusting to the talent at hand, etc., etc. I'm just trying to just give him anything at all that could be a legit excuse. 
Well, he won't have it at quarterback. Even if Pickett gets the nod, with Pickett's inexperience, he's still not going to have that excuse because if Pickett consistently makes, let's say, errors in decision-making or even errors in accuracy, first of all, that would be pretty out of character based on what we saw at Pitt. And secondly, if Pickett's that bad, he's not going to hold the starting job. It's going to go to Trubisky. They're not going to be that far apart no matter how the competition goes in camp. They're just not. So what else are we looking at? Well, the offensive line is almost completely revamped. They put a zillion dollars into James Daniels and Mason Cole uh, and another half a zillion dollars, it feels like, into Chooks Okorafor and keeping him. The offensive line, I don't know if it'll be great, but it's certainly going to be a lot better than it was last season. The wide receivers, well, out go Juju Smith-Schuster and James Washington and Ray Ray McLeod, and they're replaced by the two draft picks and Gunnar Olszewski. You have both of the tight ends back. That's a good thing. Pat Fryermuth could reasonably expect it to have his big second NFL season that Mike Tomlin's always looking for out of his young guys. Oh, and speaking of potential second big NFL season for young guys, that running back might be in line to have one of those as well. So I'll ask it again. What's the excuse? This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Really, what's going to be the goal of this offense? Is it going to be to move the chains, kill the clock, eat time, go steadily down the field, keep your defense fresh, hope that when the defense comes on, they don't have to rotate as much and you can let them just uh, go wild on the other team's quarterback with TJ and all those defensive linemen? Is that the goal? Or is it to be more of a quick strike? Or is it just plain old boring versatility. You know, I know versatility is awesome if you can achieve it. But it's generally not an identity. It's not a foundation. It's not a place where you can put a stake in the ground and say, listen, when things are bad, we know we've got this. Last season, Steelers team didn't have that at all for a single game. Yes, there were occasions when they would get a little bit explosive the second half against the Vikings, whenever the Vikings had already had a huge lead, sticks out in that regard. But out of the 17 games, and even if you want to throw in the playoff game, you're not going to find one where you said, oh yeah, look at them. They've got a little bit of a rhythm going. They've got a a, a good feel to them. There's a strut about what they're doing. That was never there. Not once, not at all. And it has to be. It just has to be. There's no one who's played organized football at any level who would disagree with that. Your offense has to take the field with something of an attitude, and that stems from your approach. And if his guys don't have it, they're never going to make it to that next level where they just go out there with a little bit of a 
a swagger to them, a contender's swagger. The only such swagger we saw from the 2021 Steelers was, plain and simple, when Ben got the ball late and the team needed a comeback, and it emanated entirely from one individual. There was one person who took the field thinking to himself, we're going to win this. And it had not a thing to do with Canada. Now, what do I want to see from this offense? First of all, they're not going to ask. But if I had my wish, I would love to see this team develop some combination of using the running game to soften up the middle of the field and then use their receivers and Friermuth in concert to attack the middle of the field that they soften. Now, in order for this to occur, someone's going to have to remind Canada that the middle of the field does in fact exist. You can choose to blame Ben for not looking there, or you can choose to blame certain receivers for not being there. You can choose to blame Juju's injury, because Juju was the one guy that was hungry for those types of passes. I choose to look at the coordinator in this case, mostly because that coordinator did not call Fryermuth's number as the main target nearly enough. It would be wonderful to see this football team once again take command of the middle of the field. A, through hitting the holes with Najee. B, by targeting Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, and the rest of the receivers, including the rookies, but also Chase Claypool, who's pretty dangerous when he's on his game, going across the middle. Take that part of the field back when we come back. Just one question. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. And today's J1Q comes from Ethan Brown, who asks, everyone's saying Mason Rudolph's going to get traded after camp, but if Kenny Pickett wins the job, why not trade Mitch Trubisky? He too wants to be a starter, and I'm guessing would have much more trade value. Um, yeah, uh, Trubisky would have more trade value. Trubisky would also come with a significantly greater financial commitment and cap hit, and never underestimate the influence that that has in such transactions. Fans and even people who intensely follow the game will often overlook that. But it's so, so huge in these types of deals. The bigger variable is who someone else would see as being the better quarterback. Trubisky's 
got his four years of starting in Chicago. Trubisky, by every account, and this made its way around the football world, found a lot of things to his game, even as Buffalo's backup this past season. I would imagine that Trubisky does, in fact, have greater trade value. But if you operate on circumstances, meaning let's say that there's a team out there that's just banging its head off the cap this year and for years to come, and they lose a quarterback in training camp, they're not trading for Trubisky because they're not clearing out eight, nine, ten million dollars of cap space, depending on how much room you have to create to account for all the performance bonuses that are in Mitch's contract. Not a lot of people seem to know about those either. There are some significant bonuses where all Mitch basically has to do is play. By comparison, Rudolph's contract is virtually nothing less than four million for one year. There's next to no commitment there by the team. And you can always find a way to squeeze an extra $4 million under the cap just by asking a couple of your own players to restructure and to get somebody else in. So it's, it's more a case whenever people say this, Ethan, and I've said it myself for the record, that I believe that there's a really good chance that Mason Rudolph will be traded and won't, in fact, you know, just sit there inactive on Sundays because that's what the third quarterback does now. You don't dress at all. But the real reason for that is that remember who it is that has the say-so in this scenario. Be very sure that the Steelers will want to hang on to the two quarterbacks they feel are the best. And from there, be very sure already that the two quarterbacks they feel are the best are Pickett and Trubisky. They're not just going to let Mitch go just because, you know, gee whiz, we want to make things good for you, Mitch. You know, we want you to be happy. They're not going to do that, okay? Even, again, in Colbert's wake, they're still going to be the Steelers and the foundational things that they've laid over the years in terms of how they deal with this sort of stuff is going to remain. The two best quarterbacks are going to stay. That's as simply as I can put this. All three of them won't. That means Mason is the odd man out. So there, I said it again. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.